Hi, you guys. Welcome to the very first episode of Thy Hand Hath Provided podcast. My name is Rachel, and I'm so excited and thankful for tuning in today to my very first um, episode. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know me, like I said, my name is Rachel. I'm 22 years old. I am a college student from Texas. Um, right now, I'm currently sitting at home in my room recording this podcast for you guys. Um, if you know me, then you know that I am a huge podcast listener. I listen to so many different podcasts. I feel like I listen to more podcasts than I listen to music. So, which is why I feel like this is something that I wanted to do. And if I was going to do anything, you know, social media related or, um, then it would be, you know, something that is based on the faith that I have in Jesus Christ. So why am I doing this or why am I starting this podcast? Well, bottom line, I'm just trying to pursue my calling as a Christian to share the love of Jesus with others. Um, my hope for the podcast is to be able to talk about and tackle, you know, more complicated, harder topics from a biblical perspective in order to glorify Jesus. Um, I want to be able to, you know, use this opportunity to open up and share about uh, the Christian walk, what that looks like, at least from my perspective. Like, yes, I am a Christian, but, you know, I have my fair share of struggles with sin and such. And, you know, sometimes when I watch, you know, faith-related you know, YouTube videos or listen to podcasts that are um, faith related, they kind of show a very put together version of themselves, which it can be helpful. Like as long as, you know, what they're saying is, you know, true and biblical, then those are some of the, so those are great things. Like even I listen to, you know, more uh, put together people in terms of um, like how they express their, um, you know, the message they're they're trying to put out, um, you know, especially if they're like pastors and or um, or like in ministry, um, you know, they have obviously they have to keep you know some things, um, you know, more proper than say I would have to, you know, I'm not some you know. Uh, you know, great someone with great authority. Like I'm not a pastor. I'm not in ministry or of any kind. I'm not, um, you know, some expert in you know theology or whatever. But you know, for those of you who know me, like I'm very much an open book. Like I'm pretty open to talking about anything. And so I kind of want to carry that characteristic of mine over to uh this new venture of mine and I'm really excited um about starting this podcast because I really don't know who it's going to reach or you know who's going to be affected by the words that 
um, God has put in my heart to share. But, you know, I think, you know, as long as God is glorified in this, it'll be, it'll be good. Um, so in that, who is, am I talking to in this podcast? Honestly, I'm just talking to anybody that God breathed life into. Now, if you're a non-believer, that probably won't make much sense, but that, um, in the Bible, when, you know, God was creating, you know, the earth, um, God breathed life, his own breath into human beings and not into animals or any other living things, but into humans. So like, that's what I mean by like, who am I addressing? Everybody that, (laughs) to every human on this planet, essentially, you know, whether you're a believer, non-believer, like, I'm so glad you're here. And specifically to those non-believers that are listening, our non-Christians that are listening, I want to welcome you. I'm so glad you're here, able to listen. Um, God brought you here for a purpose. So I just ask for you to like, you know, give it a chance, be open-minded, have an open heart. You know, I don't know how my story, my faith journey, my perspectives are going to affect you, but I just hope that you see um, Christ in all, in all ways. And so, as I mentioned before, I want to utilize this platform to talk about, I guess, the more controversial topics, the more multi-sided topics, Uh, but not just that. Um, I only address that specifically because I know that's going to come up, but um, I just want to give my perspective on such topics. And even if... um, we come across a topic that probably doesn't have many sides to it. Like I'm still, I still want to provide, um, you know, insight in terms of what I deal with maybe and how I handle like such things. Um, I, you know, with that being said, like I mentioned, I, by, And by no means, you know, somebody with authority like a pastor or like an elder in church or whatever. Um, I'm obviously also not somebody who's like an expert when it comes to, um, you know, theology and whatnot. I am the only thing I'm an expert in is receiving God's grace and mercy literally every second of every day. So I think that's enough of credentials to, um, to you know, talk about Jesus in this way and to, you know, talk about the way God works in my life. And, um, you know, I'm like as a follower of Christ, like I'm just trying to fulfill my responsibility as a Christian by sharing the gospel with others. And. Even like I said, even though I'm not some professional, I'm not going to just come on here and talk about something without some kind of biblical backing. So I know there's plenty, like I said, there's plenty of topics, even in the Christian community, I have multiple perspectives on it, but I'm going to do my best to address all sides if I am aware that there are different sides. 
um, of the, you know, of the topic. But most of the time, I can only speak on what the Holy Spirit reveals to me through the word. And with that, like, I encourage you to, you know, read, like, read your Bible, you know, uh, every day, you know, study the word, because, you know, you need to be, um, like, you need to know what the word says, if you can, if you're going to be able to have um, good discernment in what, you know, people who come up here and say that they're trying to proclaim Christ, um, like, you know, you need to be able to know, like, if they're truly, you know, from, you know, truly speaking of God in the way that the Bible wants um, believers to. You know, I think even in, um, even in the Bible, I think it's in Acts, I think 1711, where it says, uh, now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. So I'm not just telling you this, like, um, to like build up my credentials or whatever, like, oh, if you don't believe me, look at the Bible. Like, it's not something like great that I came up with. It's clearly in the Bible. Like you are called to, you know, compare what I'm saying as it aligns with the Bible. So like, I don't want y'all listening to a word that Rachel says, but listen to what God says in his world word, like see for yourself, make sure what I'm saying is biblically accurate. And because that's most important, you know, things when it comes to hearing from God to like, to know his will is to know his word. But we have to remember that even with all these varying perspectives, we are all believers and non-believers. We are all under the same authority of the one true God. So Moving on to the inspiration that um, that is the name of this podcast that Hand hath provided. I'm pretty sure a lot of you um, probably either know exactly where that's from, know why it's either, or you're under the boat or in this boat where you've heard that phrase before but can't pinpoint where it's from, or you just have no idea where it is. So. Um, it is from the beautiful, beautiful hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness, one of my favorite uh, songs um, in the chorus where it says, All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And um, a few months ago, I would say, I was in church and we were singing the song. And even though I've heard this song my whole life, I've sung this song my whole life, I knew all the words to it. Like, I, that day, this song hit me so different. The minute we sung the line, all I have needed, thy hand hath provided, I started, like, tearing up. Like, I was, like, so I think... I don't ever know exactly what I was going through at the time, but I know for a fact that I was definitely struggling in terms of, you know, what, like, my future holds, what 
was going to happen to me. And I'm not going to lie, I'm still like kind of going through that right now. But now I'm a little bit more equipped in terms of I know where what scripture to go to when I feel this way. I know what um, um, like songs like this, like that remind me that all I have needed, thy hand hath provided. It's very clear that God's providence and mercy is clearly shown in my life and that I have no reason to fear or worry because great is thy faithfulness. And so with that, you know, God's providence and mercy is very, you know, clear in my life, which kind of brings me to today's topic that I want to talk about, which is my testimony. And before I get into that, like what even is a testimony? Um, a testimony by definition is just whenever you speak upon something that has some, that, that you have witnessed yourself. And I think in more, in more like Christian circles, um, I feel like testimonies can be broken up into two types. There's um, testimonies where you speak on a maybe a more like isolated of situation or event in which God like brought you through, whether it be you know some kind of trial or um, something hard that you've been through, and you know kind of going like kind of telling your story of the journey that God brought you through to get to the point where you are now. And then I, and then there's another type of testimony, which is more of a, how you came to faith in Christ. I think they both essentially go hand in hand. Like your, your, um, how you got saved is, you know, very much a way of how God brought you through you know, a seat of, you know, a time in your life. But I think there is an important distinction because in your, in your faith testimony, in your, you know, how you got saved testimony, you started off as a non-believer or, and then became a believer as opposed to maybe the, uh, the first type of testimony that I mentioned, you're already a believer. This is just something that, you know, you wanted to witness to other people about, um, in terms of, uh, you know, kind of giving encouragement, showing how God provided for you and brought you through. So there are like a few like, you know, distinctions between the two, uh, which are, you know, it's pretty clear there are differences between the two, but um, it's just important to address. And why am I going to share my testimony with y'all? Mostly to just for y'all to get to know me and who I am. I think it's important to know where I come from in terms of my background, my faith, like, you know, you know, later on, whenever we do address topics that probably will be helpful to know, like how, where I, like how I grew up, where I went to church, how my family was, because that probably provides the most insight on why I believe what I believe or why I have the perspectives that I have. And yeah, that's basically it. I'm just trying to like set a precedent and just trying to provide insight as to why I am who I am in Christ. 
and that's basically what that is. So I'm going to turn our attention to the next point or the next topic kind of moving on from that introduction into uh, my actual testimony. So starting with my early life and childhood, I was born in India. My family is um, Indian, if that wasn't clear. Um, and um, we, my parents and I moved to the, to Texas. We moved to the United States when I was 15 months old. So I was still, so I was fairly young. I really don't have any real memory of living in India, but I do love going whenever I can. Um, so my family, um, my mom and dad were all, were believers. Uh, they were born, they were born into Christian households. My mom, for sure. My dad's side's a little bit, you know, complicated because my grandfather, uh, my paternal grandfather, um, was Hindu. Um, and my grandmother was Christian, but my dad and all of my uncles, like my dad's brothers, they were all raised Christian. They all went to church and, um, they wouldn't necessarily, um, they didn't really have any type of Hindu faith or anything. I know my dad did mention that when he was younger, that he would like sometimes like do the Hindu prayers with my grandfather, but he didn't, he just did it to respect my grandfather, who's kind of a strict man. So, um, I can imagine like the pressure of just having to do it just for the sake of doing it. But of course he never truly had like any type of faith in that. Like that was just non-existent. Uh, with my mom and both of my, uh, grandparents are Christians. They, in fact, like in my family, at least like Christianity goes back like generations. I know a question that my parents get all the time or is like, oh, when did you guys convert? Or how, like, did you convert after you all got married or before? Like what, you know, things like that. And I'm just like, and my parents are like, no, we never converted. We were born into, you know, Christian, you know, households and Christian families. Um, in fact, my, um, my great grandfathers on my mom's side were both pastors actually, which, um, which is, you know, not, uh, very common in terms of like, when you think of an Indian person, you think of Hindus or, you know, whatever, but yeah, like, and I think even further than my great grand, uh, grandparents, I think my great, great grandparents were even, or even Christian, if I'm not mistaken. I know my mom, like, she recently explained, like, how far back, like, Christianity at least went in our family. And I'm a little confused now, but it's fine. Just, but for me, born into a Christian household with believing parents, and that was that. I definitely think that I had that advantage as somebody who was born into a Christian household because, you know, I was, you know, 
led to go to church every Sunday. I was, you know, led, I heard the gospel, you know, every Sunday. My parents even told it to me at a young age. I um, even went to the same church. Like when I was, since I was 15 months old, I've been going to the exact same church that I go to today. So I know that, you know, that's been a big part of my life and the, in my faith. And, um, I am eternally grateful and blessed that I was born into a Christian household because I can't even imagine what it's like being somebody who has to like hide their faith from their parents, who has to, um, like go through a more difficult journey, like in terms of like having to like, you know, read and study the Bible on your own, like maybe not necessarily having the guidance of somebody, you know, it's all on you. Like when I was little, like my mom was the one or my, my mom and dad were both like, Oh, you need to read your Bible. You need to pray. Like, you know, every, like it was kind of forced upon me, especially when I was younger. But then whenever you get, and then when you get older and once you become saved, like obviously it's on your own. But for somebody who probably is not in a Christian uh, household, like they don't have anybody kind of on them, you know, but I am, but I'm so grateful that like my parents were so like supportive and like want, like they were obviously praying for me. They were obviously like working to raise me in a way that, you know, glorified God and, and I can't like be more grateful for that. So kind of moving on into, you know, when I was like in school, like elementary school, middle school, high school, elementary school, I was very involved with, um, with church within like, you know, the children's ministry. We had our Sunday school children's church kind of thing. We, in the morning on Sunday mornings and then Sunday evenings, we would have Awana, which if you don't know, is um, a children's ministry program that encourages children to um, memorize scripture, which I think was is a great thing. But I was very competitive. And so how, the, how Awana worked was each grade level, you would have a book. And in that school year, you had to complete that book in order to get your award, like a completion award at the end of the school year. Now, I went to, I did Awana when I was really young. And then I think we took a break from um, from going to Awana for a few years. And then I think I was in fifth grade when I got back into uh, Awana. And so at this point, um, the group that I was in was called TNT, which was from third grade through sixth grade. So because I came back when I was in the fifth grade, I was three books or I was two books behind my grade level. So they made me start from the third grade level book. And me being the competitive person that I was, I didn't want to be behind. All the other girls who were my age were already on their, um, you know, fifth grade level, third, you know, the third book. And I was like, I need to get to that point. So that year when I was in fifth grade, I 
completed three books in order to like not be behind because I didn't want to be like that kid like who was like super old and behind like you know that was that did not settle well with me like I had to finish and I remember we would have game times and I would sometimes not even go to game time because I wanted to stay and finish my verses and that's just how I was and or still am to be quite honest I'm still very competitive but you know that you know really kind of plays into other aspects of my life, which I'll get into. Um, So like in middle school, not much was going on there in terms of my spirit, um, my spiritual life. I was very much of the world. I was a very like angry person. I did not, I did not have any like sense of control over like my emotions I would like get mad at people like yell at you know my sister get mad at my parents like very much of the world I had no remorse for sin at this point I was just like a very like just typical middle school kid at least in the worldly perspective but at this time a lot of the kids at my at my church a lot of the youth started going to youth group on Wednesday nights and so you know Wednesday night ministry or the youth ministry um that would meet up every Wednesday I didn't go um to um the Wednesday night youth group meetings um for a reason that I'll get into a little bit later uh, once I actually did start going, but at this time, um, I noticed a lot of the kids that were my age getting baptized when we were, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old. And I was so confused. Cause like, I would just see the, like these kids and think to myself, like, Oh, that person's getting baptized. Oh, that person is saved. Like, do they even know the type of person? Like, like they're just playing themselves like they don't know like and like I mean they were young like I think it's a valid thing to say because you know what how much have you really went through in your life if when you're you know 12 13 14 years old and you know and I think about it now like a lot of the youth at my church are now or just generally speaking a lot of them are actually getting baptized a lot later like they're in you know in high school, either like, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old. And so I'm actually really glad that they're like, actually like experiencing like real life and like really like testing their faith, but, or like having their faith tested before they just, you know, confess to, you know, the public that they are a Christian. But of course, like, who am I to say, like, who's a believer, who's not, but I just admire like the kids these days who are actually taking their time and even though they may have been saved when they were a little bit younger, but actually taking the time to really understand God's word and understand how the the role that God has in their life for them. And it's very clear, especially like listening to like testimonies from the ki- the kids who are younger and got baptizing the kids who are a little bit older and getting baptized like there is a very it's very clear like in their testimonies 
before they get baptized, like what they like went through and how they like identified um, their sin and, and things like that before, you know, you know, be giving their public profession. But anyways, so for me, because I wasn't saved, I became very, very upset and frustrated as to why I was not saved. And that was something that I struggled with for a long, long time. And I would like, even like I said, like when I was in middle school, I would see all these other youth kids like getting baptized and stuff. And it honestly make me like so mad, like, oh my gosh, another one or, you know, this person, my goodness, like I can't, like, when is it ever going to be my turn? When is it ever going to be like, when is my time? Like, when am I going to, you know, prove like, you know, I do that, you know, I, that I believe in Jesus that I, you know, I love God, but it was very, um, clear that I, you know, needed to really work on my faith before I could make my public profession, um, to, um, the church and to other believers. Now, getting into the high school years, this is when things really start to pick up. Um, At this point, I think ninth grade, there wasn't much. It was, you know, a transition year from middle school to high school. So it's still kind of in that, you know, middle school, you know, headspace for a little bit. But I think sophomore year is when things really changed for me. Not only in my, like, you know, perspective and, you know, what was going on in my life, but like actual, like real, like, you know, things in terms of like, actually, at this point, I actually started going to youth group. I started going to youth group this summer after my freshman year. So um, to, like I mentioned before, this was a little bit of a, a little bit of a thing uh, going to youth group in terms of my parents, you know, allowing me to go. So like I mentioned, my parents, um, my parents are immigrants. Uh, so am I, but I mean, I was raised here for majority of my life. So I guess like I am an immigrant. Yes. But you know, I was raised here like most of y'all anyways. Anyways, uh, but my parents were, you know, didn't send me to youth group at my church. And just a kind of a background, the church that I grew up in and that I still go to is a uh, Baptist church. It's a community church. There's so many different types of people, all age groups. There's families and there's, uh, in terms of like, like races, ethnicities, like incredibly diverse. Like it is a true testament of what heaven is going to look like when we get, you know, when we get there one day. So I'm so grateful to be able to have that be a part of a church like that, that truly represents, um, what, you know, God's kingdom truly is. Um, and kind of going off of that, like, obviously it is an American church. Um, so for my parents, they were kind of under the impression that youth groups or, you know, youth ministry, whatever was, more so that you can like meet, you know, a boy or in my case, or meet a girl if you're, uh, you know, if you're a boy and, 
you know, meet your future spouse, essentially, like, that's where it was. And obviously, that they, you know, legitimately were like, oh, like, that's, like, yes, there is preaching. Yes, there is like worship and, um, you know, and things like that. But, you know, if you're, if you want, you know, your kid or your child to meet like a godly spouse, you know, for themselves, then it has to be in this, you know, in this, you know, community or not a community in this space where it's, you know, in a church, it's in, um, it's in a place where you know the families, like, you know, it's a little bit, uh, I don't want to say manipulative, but more, um, like more safe, quote unquote. Um, you know, like you don't want to just like, oh, randomly meet, you know, a boy in school or meet a girl on in like, um, you know, if you're a part of like a sports team, well, I guess usually sports teams are divided by like boys and girls, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like they didn't want to, you to meet your, you know, future or you don't want to like boys outside. I mean, I guess I don't really know exactly what was, what, you know, parents of youth think about, you know, sending their kids to youth group. I, now we're, now we know that's not the case. Like, sure. Like that does happen. I'm sure it does. At least, but like, at least when I was in youth group, like that was not very much the case. I feel like a lot of, um, the people I grew up in youth with that are, you know, in relationships or that are married, they were not actually from church or they were not necessarily people that, that we grew up in church with, surprisingly. So I don't know how much, how well that theory of my parents really was true. Obviously it wasn't. So, you know, we have proof. Um, but for that, to them, like, that's what they thought. Um, like that was their impression of youth ministry and youth group and whatnot. And they just didn't feel comfortable, like, um, with, oh, you know, they were not comfortable sending me to something like that and, and whatnot. Um, so, but once I started going and every single week I was being, you know, taught the gospel, no matter what, um, we were talking about, I think when I started going to, uh, youth, youth group, uh, we were going through the book of John and that was when like things really started to click for me in terms of Jesus and how important, like, even though I've heard the gospel my whole life, it was at that point where I was like, like, this is important. Like, like this is everything like Jesus dying on the cross for the sins of this world is so important. Like you don't, like, I didn't realize the gravity of like the death of Jesus and his resurrection until this point in time. And so as I started to take my faith more seriously and, um, you know, a lot of my, 
like past sins were kind of creeping up on me. And this is where my doubts in terms of my faith and like my assurance of faith were questioned. And I remember thinking to myself, like I mentioned before, like I would, you know, be very judgy of those uh, kids who got baptized when they were in middle school. Like whenever, whenever I got to the point where, okay, yes, I do. I am saved. I am a believer. I am a follower of Jesus. Like I started thinking like, oh man, no one's ever going to take me seriously. Like I'm this like super old, like, you know, took like so long to actually get saved, even though I've been in the church my whole life. And, um, like I felt like, oh, I was going to be judged with the same, you know, parameters that I was judging others. And so that kind of like held me, that kind of like set me back. But if I had to say like when I was actually saved, I would say at around the age of 17. But I didn't actually get baptized until I was 19. And that kind of had a lot, (laughs) kind of entails a lot. Um, So when I, you know, got into college and I became more involved with, you know, uh, with like a ministry um, on campus and became, you know, a leader in that. And, um, like actually a lot of people don't know, but whenever I started off, so I got to a point, especially when I was in college, like, oh, I don't want to, I didn't want to get baptized. Like I didn't want to go up in front of people and get baptized. Like I did not want to do that. There was a time in There was a time where I did not want to do that, but because I, because of judgment, like that's legitimately what happened. So I, when my, at the end of my freshman year of college, I was called to, or I was asked by my small group leader. So my small, a small group is basically uh, what we, what we call our Bible studies, um, by my small group leader to lead a small group that next school year. And of course, like I love leading and I love talking. So I thought perfect for me and I did love God and I did love Jesus. Like I really did want to do this for him, but I wasn't baptized. And whenever I told my mom and dad, like, Oh, I'm thinking about being a small group leader for next year. They were like, okay, that's great. But don't you think you should be baptized first? And I'm just like, no, what are you talking about? Like, I love Jesus. That's enough. Like, what what else do I need? And and I remember that very first year of doing um of doing a small group, it was a terrible year for me. Like I was having so much trouble in terms of getting people to come to small group every week. I was having issues like, you know, expressing my perspectives of, you know, scripture and things. And it was not, um, it just was not good. And then um, I think it was, so I started, so I was a small group leader my sophomore year of college. And so my, so that year, my, um, my sophomore year in that fall, 
was when I actually got baptized because I started thinking to myself, like, what kind of example am I setting to the girls that I'm trying to lead if I myself am not being obedient to the word? So even though I still had my reservations, I, I went ahead and became, and, you know, you know, did and got baptized when I was 19 years old. It was actually two weeks before I turned 20. So it was actually closer to being 20 than I was 19. And I even remember like my parents were like, oh, you should get baptized on your birthday. Like what a great like day to commemorate. Like it'd be so nice. And I'm like, are you guys crazy? I'm already so old. I can't be like getting baptized when I'm 20 years old, like gross. But, um, so yeah, so yeah, I'm just going to still say I was 19 just to make myself feel better about myself. But I was more closer to being 20. But anyways, um, but I remember the day that I got baptized and the my youth pastor that basically got me, that led me in a way that I can truly say like was uh, so clearly like God's like mercy, providence, his hand was there. Like God sent my youth pastor as somebody who had the biggest impact on my faith. Like even to this day, like I will talk about him and talk like, you know, whenever I talk about, um, you know, my experiences growing up with other people, like I can't believe like whenever I was talking about high school and youth group, I didn't even mention him, but like big shout out because he made Jesus so um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like he made me want to come, uh, and hear about Jesus. And it's not, obviously it's not anything that about him specifically, like the youth pastor, like it was the way he delivered God's word with such, um, with such a heart for God. And, you know, he really played a major role in my, in me coming to my faith and to, and taking steps to be obedient to God. And um, um, so whenever I was about to get baptized, I like I said, I still had my reservations. Um, but that morning of my baptism, when I, I got to church, I actually, I was sitting with my family and the pastor, my youth pastor, um, saw me and he came up to me and he was just like, just making sure like in terms of like logistics, like, Oh, did you already go and meet up with this person? Like who's going to help me, um, you know, getting, you know, my gown and all that stuff ready. Like he was just making sure like in terms of logistics, everything was fine. And I was, I was just like, yeah, I already talked to, um, you know, these people like who do the, who are in charge of like these ordinances, um, at my church. Um, and I was like, yeah, I already talked to everybody. Like everything's in set. It's in, like everything's in its place and we're all we're, like ready to go. Um, and so like baptisms, at least in my church, happened at, towards the end of the um, end of service. So this was uh, before church uh, service even started. And so, and then he was just like, he was just like, listen, everybody here is rooting for you. Everybody here is so happy for you. We are so excited. We are here for you. We're praying for you. We love you. And like nobody's here to look at you 
any differently, but we are so happy for you that you have decided to be obedient to God and going forth with this. And I'm literally in tears right now because at that moment, even though he had no idea what I was going through, what was going in through my head at that time, he knew exactly what to say to me. And like, that's how I know, like, that's, and at that moment, like every burden on my heart, every, um, every, like the weight on my shoulders was just lifted. And I was like, I am so excited to be a part of, you know, the family of God by the end of this service. Um, that day, October 15th, 2017. My goodness. So that's kind of how I came to faith in Christ. So um, earlier in the podcast, when I was kind of defining what a testimony was, I said that there was two types. There was the one where you talk about your you coming to faith in Christ and one where you kind of talk about ways um, that God has been working in your life. Um, So with that, I kind of want to give an example of what that might sound like, what that might look like. Um, So I just, you know, concluded my faith uh, journey, how I got saved, how I became a believer. But, um, Something I wanted to address, um, at least in this point in time, because this was a very big um, thing that happened in my life. It really changed my perspective in, um, in terms of, you know, my faith and my, and how I went about my life. So when I got into college. I had struggled with mental health significantly. And I'm not going to lie. Like when I was in like high school and like I knew that, you know, people struggled with like depression, anxiety, but I didn't think that it was like for real. And like, I really was just like, oh, just suck it up and like move on. Like, you know, it's not that big, like your life's not that hard. Like there's people that are dying. Um, but like, but the fact that it hit me and it hit me so hard, you guys, like, it's not, it, that, like, this, it was a turning point in my life. Like, I can't, like, talk about, I can't, I cannot talk about God without bringing up this, you know, this portion of my life. So, what I really struggled in terms of the transition from high school to college. Going to a big, you know, university, very competitive. I, you know, dealt with like imposter syndrome and, you know, not doing so hot in my classes. And I didn't mention this before, but um, I am a biology pre-med student. Um, And, you know, that in itself comes with really, really difficult, um, pressures and, 
And, you know, there's a lot of things that you have to deal with when you are of that track. And so, but on top of just, you know, that, I struggled with um, just a lot of other, like, more social um, aspects. Like, I went to or I go to a university that is in my hometown so you know I did the commute thing to like save money because in my head I was just like oh med school is super expensive so we're just gonna stay at home live at home save some money because like I we're like it's gonna basically be drained like our money's gonna be so drained by the time I get to that point in my life so I did the commute thing, which, you know, looking back now, super grateful for it. I, if y'all know me, I live a very bougie lifestyle and because I was able to live at home and save all that money, I could indulge in my bougie qualities and, um, but you know, with that commuting lifestyle, like it got really lonely and not even just at school because you know, I would just like go to class and go home. I didn't really like stay, stick around. The only time I really stuck around after class was if I had small group, um, especially my freshman year and even throughout, um, even throughout the years, uh, for the most part, like that's what, that's what I did. And then, so I kind of experienced loneliness in that. Cause like, I would just come home, like since, you know, in college, you're only in class for maybe like three or four hours in a day and then you go home and then and then yeah like I would go home to nobody like my parents wouldn't be home my sister wouldn't be home it was you know a very lonely time and you know struggling in my classes and I really didn't have anybody to talk to about it just because like like I didn't really have many friends in my in school like I had like acquaintances in my classes but it was like after a semester you like probably may never see them again um it kind of like worked out like that and um and even like in like the the you know campus ministry that I was a part of like I also wasn't super involved in that like because a lot of it did require like sticking around and you know things like that, which I wasn't like super like into like most of the time I just like really wanted to go home. Like I was very much, I'm very much a homebody. Um, that has changed. I will say that has changed a lot since then. But so in school, I didn't really have anybody. And then in church, like things really changed when I started going to college in terms of like the relationships that I had with people at, church like I remember in high school like I would talk to everybody like everybody in youth and then on uh Sunday evenings like we would I would volunteer with uh the Awana program that I mentioned the children's ministry uh program that I mentioned earlier that I was a part of when I was in my elementary school years so when I was in high school I actually volunteered um to be a part of the um uh, to be a part of that and helped out there. And so I would see people then and I would be super, and I would talk to everybody that I like kind of came across when I was there. Um, but then I think when I started going to college, like all of those like relationships kind of just like 
withered away. I don't really talk to any of those people anymore. And, you know, it's kind of sad, like, but honestly, like in some ways it wasn't, it was no, it wasn't nobody, it wasn't anybody in particular's fault. It was just like, you know, once I got to college, I did stop volunteering in the, um, I stopped volunteering in that program in the children's ministry because I just got so busy with school. And then I, um, and I just really didn't feel like I could really go to or talk to anybody that was my age at my church because a lot of them didn't really do the college thing, like, or they did it in a non-traditional way. So I personally just didn't feel like they would understand what I was going through. And, you know, thinking back on it now, like that's not true. They definitely had their own, their own difficulties and their own experiences. But at the time I was like, no, like they're obviously not, you know, pre-med they're not trying to be doctors like they don't understand like the pressure that I have to deal with so I kind of isolated myself I don't know if it was really purposefully or if it just kind of happened that way but I did kind of drift apart from like the you know friends that I had in church and honestly to this day like I really don't have much of a relationship with the people from my church that um, that I once, you know, had a relationship with. So, which is kind of unfortunate. But I'm hoping that, you know, changes uh, soon now that I'm a part of like this um, uh, group at my church, uh, like a ladies' uh, book club um, kind of discipleship group. I'm hoping that like changes. Um, but kind of going back to like my um, battle. With my mental health, um, I struggled for almost three years, and and that was and that's a long time to deal with, you know, depression and things, um, and anxiety and all that kind of stuff. Um, it took me a long time uh, to even come to the. Um, realization that I needed help um, beyond the things that I knew what to do. So when I was, you know, battle, when I was having, you know, my fears and depressed and I was, you know, depressed and I had anxiety and stuff, I was, um, I, this was at the time I was very, very diligent in my faith. I read my Bible every day. I prayed every day. So for anybody who tells you that, oh, you're anxious or you're sad because, you know, of your, you don't, you lack faith or you lack, um, you know, God's word in your life or you lack your, or you're lacking in your prayer life, like that is absolutely not true. Like you would never say that to somebody who had a cold or who had like um, a headache, like, oh, it's because of your faith that you have a headache or you have a cold or you have the flu. Like, no, you would never say that to somebody, right? Same thing with 
mental health. Like it is an illness. You need to get help if you are not able to uh, overcome your illness. And so at that point, whenever I did realize that I needed more help, I did seek out counseling. I did actually go to uh, counseling with a woman uh, from my church who was so gracious to me, met with me every week, um, would go through scripture with me, would talk with me, let me cry, cried a lot. Um, that was a, that was a different time. And that was a very difficult time in having to open up to somebody, who, um, who was not my mom. So that was, um, uh, that was something else. And I'm pretty sure my mom's going to listen to this podcast. And I don't think she ever, I don't think I ever told her that I went to counseling. Oh my goodness. Okay. I did go. Yeah, mom, I went to counseling. Um, my, in the spring of my junior year. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My gosh, I can't believe I But yeah, like that's kind of what I was going through. Like I didn't want anybody to know what I was dealing with. Like very few people like legitimately knew the struggles I was going through and things I was struggling with. Um, And that did help. But I was – and um, I remember even there was a season where I read – through the Psalms. Like I would read like five chapters of the Psalms every day. And like, that was something that really uplifted me in, um, in my faith. Cause that was the most relatable book of the entire Bible to me at that point in time. And like, you know, especially the, in the beginning, um, where, you know, King David was like, you know, writing. And I'm just like, man, this guy is so much more of a mess than I am. Like, it was really what I needed at that time. And now, like, um, like I look back on those days, I'm like, you know, little did I know what was forthcoming. Um, but yeah, like, even though, like, I was, I did, um, you know, go to counseling. I really was like in God's word as much as I could. I still did not feel, um, the way that somebody who is a believer in Jesus Christ should feel. Um, so that was when I actually went to my family medicine doctor and I actually talked to her and about, um, you know, about this part of my, of, you know, this illness. And, um, she did prescribe medication to me and just, you know, just one little thing, like it's okay to be on medication. It's okay, um, to seek, you know, medical help if you need it. Um, so for me, I, you know, was prescribed it, but I 
didn't necessarily feel the most comfortable, um, you know, being on medication. I mean, if you need it, you need it. But I would just say, like, don't be dependent on it. Like, you know, use it for some time. Try to wean yourself off of it. Like, you know, of course, like all of this under your doctor's supervision, like whatever they say goes, like they went to years of medical school to help you. So, um, but for me, I realized that I had so many deficiencies um, uh, in terms of like health deficiencies, like certain vitamins and certain um, uh, other, you know, part like imbalances in me. So that's when I kind of, um, when I started actually taking supplements and, and I'm still like on those supplements to this day. And they have been incredibly helpful to me. And um, that's one of the uh, things that's like really, you know, given me strength, like being able to talk about mental health and being able to share my story of the things that I dealt with. Um, Like not like I dealt with so many things like with this, like not only they suffer with this, with loneliness, I suffered with, you know, feeling like I'm not good enough, feeling like I'm not, um, you know, I'm not smart enough, or I'm not, you know, this or that enough. And uh, having, you know, kind of dealing with like, you know, body dysmorphia, and like, all these like different things that kind of become like tied into mental health, like I dealt with, like, I literally say, like, there is nothing that, like, bad that I've not dealt with in terms of, like, mental health. And I was, there were, I remember my junior year of college, like, being, like, the year where I had my highest high and my lowest low because my, or at least that fall of my junior year, that was when I actually went to my doctor. Um, So that was when I had my lowest low. And I was, you know, sad all the time. I was, you know, not, I was not okay. And then by the end of my junior year, that spring was when I was in like the best shape I've ever been in my entire life. Um, You know, spiritually, mentally, like that was like the greatest, you know, point in my life. And to be honest, like the reason why I did go and, you know, seek, you know, professional, like medical help was because I, you know, had my, I had my small group and this was the small group that I had post my, you know, downfall year, um, in terms of being a small group leader. Um, and they were the most incredible group of girls. Like they're still, some of my closest friends and I love them so much. And I love, um, or I loved, you know, serving them as their small group leader when they were under my, um, when they were in my group. And, um, honestly, I really did it for them because they were amazing and they deserved a small group leader who was firm and who was confident and who, um, had no reservations in terms of her love for Jesus. And so that's kind of where 
my encouragement and my motivation kind of came from was to like was to be somebody um these girls could um look up to and not feel um, ashamed of anything that they're dealing with and so that's um that's kind of how that kind of came about um I remember um one thing when I was in counseling that I um that I learned and I still use to this day um is um the scripture like whenever I would go to counseling I would uh we would work through scripture together and the one scripture that always came to my heart um even now like even when I'm in uh even when even when I'm in my lowest points even now like it does happen every once in a while but um it always kind of reminds me like, yeah, uh, not everyone's going to understand what I'm going through and not everyone's going to understand what to do. But according to Hebrews 4.15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. So it just shows that like, yes, Jesus, while he was on this earth, dealt with the same things I did, but the way he reacted to those things were in a manner that only, that only a God could. And somebody like me, who is a believer, who has, um, you know, the spirit of God living within her is also capable of that too. And so, and so that kind of, is my encouragement now, like letting the Holy Spirit lead me, lead my thoughts, lead my actions in a way that is glorifying. And so, which is why I'm starting this podcast and why I am, I want to share everything about the way God has worked in my life with you guys. And I really hope that one of these days I can actually make an episode about, um, about mental health and kind of go deeper into that and what, you know, scripture actually says about, um, you know, depression, anxiety, other mental health issues, because it does talk about it. And um, I really hope that we can actually have more of a discussion in where we can talk about what the Bible says and, and you know, more practical things, um, how we can apply um you know, the Bible and what God has to say and how God works in us and through us for his glory, even in a season of life that's not necessarily the best time. Um, But with that, I'm really hoping that this will impact people the way God wants it to um, work. Like I'm really hoping this podcast, it fulfills whatever God's will is, whether it is for me, whether it's for you or whether it's for 
you know, somebody who, someone you don't know. Um, and uh, I really hope that y'all will consider sticking around for future episodes. And I would also ask that you follow your girl on Instagram at the Rach Sigamala. That is at T H E R A C H S I G A M A L A. Altogether, one word, uh, like no spaces or anything like that. Um, so yeah, give your girl a follow uh, so you can keep up uh, keep up to date on when I release new um, episodes. And please use it to DM me if you need prayer or you want to give me feedback or even if you want to suggest a certain topic. I'm completely open to to that. Um, so yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. Like that's all for today's first episode of this podcast. I want to thank you again for tuning in. And until next time, this has been the Hand Health Provided Podcast. Bye y'all.